This episode is not about Victor Wimbayama or Scoot Henderson, but find out who I believe are the best candidates to be the third selection in the 2023 NBA draft, simply because picks one and two seem to be almost guaranteed, unless there's something crazy happens, guaranteed to be locked up with Wimbayama going one, Scoot Henderson going number two. But who is number three? Stay tuned. Good morning, happy Monday, and shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. I am your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBADraftJunkies.com. I am back home after, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 days gone. I was home for maybe like a day and a half. So I'm back home for a little while, and I've had time to to regroup a little bit. I mean, I'm still dealing with a little bit of jet lag, and I guess it's a combination of jet lag and having a newborn. Well, I don't even know if he's a newborn. He's 11 weeks. I don't don't know when the transition goes from newborn to infant or whatever, but if you have a baby, then you know sleep is not something that you get a lot of, and um, last night was a night where I didn't get a lot of sleep. But one of the reasons I'm not getting a lot of sleep is because I'm so excited about this 2023 NBA draft. And even though it is a long ways away, I mean, we haven't even started college basketball yet. We haven't even officially started the the NBA season yet. But the 2023 draft is something that has been heavily, heavily discussed and talked about since the, the showcase last week between the top two prospects. And unless there's just something crazy that happens, God forbid it's some injury related situation. I just don't see an opportunity for any prospect to jump past Wimbayama and Scoot Henderson. That's just me. I mean, stranger things have happened. I think if you polled 30 GMs or 30 executives from NBA teams, I think you will probably get the, the same answer. But when it comes to the third pick, it is all over the place. There are quite a few candidates. And then, obviously, like I said, the season hasn't started yet. So there are guys that are possibly going to come out of nowhere because if you, you know, you go back to last year at this time, I don't think Jabari Smith was on, on anybody's list as a candidate to go top three. Um, if you were to say Yannick Sosa or Patrick Baldwin Jr., maybe Jaden Hardy, one of those guys, then people would probably, you know, agree. But it is wide open for number three, but if it were totally up to me, totally 100% up to me, the third pick in the 2023 draft would be Amon Thompson from Overtime Elite, and he is one of two twins. The other one is Asur, and Amon is, and, I, and I've talked about it at length before, but he is a phenomenal athlete. Like, him and his brother have, like, this smooth easy athleticism it's like they're explosive but they make it look effortless I don't know the best way to describe it maybe like Vince Carter type athleticism a little maybe a little Stacy Augman too but I mean these two twins are phenomenal but they can't shoot that is the biggest concern is that they can't shoot and after like doing a lot of research and, and talking to different NBA executives and and scouts and even players that have played against them, you get different opinions. Everyone agrees that the athleticism is there. Everyone agrees that they have the potential to be all NBA type defenders. 
that they play hard. But where it gets a little tricky is that I've heard I had one front office executive from a team that is expected to be in the running for the top pick and could end up in the range with a top five pick. And the executive asked me, is there really a big difference between the two? So I have Amin number one, and he thought that Asur is maybe better, equal, but he didn't understand why some draft boards have a gap. You know, they may have Asur seven or eight, where Amin three or four. And so he his theory was, is it just opportunity? Is that is that the difference? Because Amin has the ball in his hands a little bit more. Is that the biggest difference? why he's he's a, a higher um, rated prospect on most boards. And then another scout said that he believes that Amon is a natural point guard, playmaker, while Asur is very good, but Asur is a little bit beneath him as a passer. And because he's more likely to play off the ball, the lack of outside shooting becomes more of a detriment because he's an off-the-ball scorer. But one of the comparisons I heard for Asur was... Andre Iguodala, a young Andre Iguodala. So with that being said, I still have Amon as number three on my board. I mean, you can't you can't teach the athleticism. You can't teach the physical physical tools. Um, I like the motor, the energy, the toughness. And again, I know the jump shot is an issue, but the shot isn't broken. Like I talked to a player that played against him recently, and his comments were, "The shot isn't broken." It looks good. The results are just bad. And so I believe that if I'm a GM and I have confidence in his work ethic and my developmental staff, then the jumper can be fixed. And if the jumper just becomes respectable, we're talking about a big point guard that can get in the lane whenever he wants to, that has advanced court vision, that can make plays for others, and that can defend multiple positions and when I was in Vegas last week one particular front office executive well actually you know yeah one particular scout I should say had mentioned to me that he would have taken Amon Thompson number one over Paolo Bencaro, Chet Holmgren and Jabari Smith in the 2022 NBA draft but because he's behind you know two guys that are considered two of the best prospects to enter the league in a long time he has them at number three on his list. So I'm going with Amon Thompson, number three. And at number four, I'm going to go with his brother. I think that Asur, if he were to play a little bit more point guard, have the ball in his hands a little bit more, I think that he could show his passing skills. Because, I mean, nobody has doubted his passing skills. But he seems to not be considered much of a of, of a, a natural playmaker like his brother. But I'm gambling on the athleticism and the potential, and I'm gambling on them improving as a shooter. The numbers so far <laughs> don't support the, the improvement that I thought they would make, but it's still early. But again, the athleticism, the, the mindset, the energy, the hustle, I'm taking them three and four. All right, at number five, and these are just candidates right now. I haven't really fully settled on number five. But the guys in, that can go into the range of, you know, that, well, i put it like this. I haven't settled for number five. But other prospects that have a strong chance to be the third pick in the 2023 NBA draft, and one guy whose name is atop a lot of lists, is Nick Smith. Nick Smith is a point guard. Some may say he's a combo guard from Arkansas. I've had a chance to watch him play 
I guess it was two years ago at the Wooten camp here in, in Dallas. And I mean, I was familiar with him, but I thought he really, really like made a name for himself at that camp. Nick Smith is, like I said, he's, he's your, your bigger guard. He is a, a scorer. He's a guy that puts the ball in the bucket. He has phenomenal touch on his floater, loves to get to the mid-range, has like the size, the passing. I mean, he, he fits everything that you're looking for in a modern guard. If there were one knock I'd have on Nick Smith, and since I mentioned, you know, the Thompson twins not being able to shoot, that's not Nick Smith's issue. He can shoot. I would say... The biggest issue for Nick Smith is he doesn't get to the rim. Like I, I like point guards, and this is just my personal preference. I like point guards that can pressure the rim, get to the basket. Nick seems to more so rely on a, a floater as opposed to getting all the way to the, to the basket. And he does have a tendency to like drive without a plan, but that's kind of nitpicking here because even though, you know, he is not getting all the way to the rim and finishing with, with layups or, or finishing above the rim in traffic. He is getting there with his floater. And if you've paid attention to any of my work, the floater or the soft touch finish package around the rim is one of my favorite, favorite attributes from a guard. But I would just like to see him put a little bit more pressure on the rim, get to the free throw line a little more. And hopefully he can be this three level scorer. And if he is a three-level scorer in college and Arkansas is, is, is good, then I think that he has a really strong chance to be the third overall pick. All right, when we return, I'll go down a list of other guys that I think have the potential to be the third overall pick in the 2023 NBA draft. But I have a message for you business owners. If you own a new business out there, then you are definitely want to listen to this message because these days new potential hire any new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster. And here's the good part and for free. And it is very, very easy to post. First, you just add your job and the purple hiring hashtag frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That is linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your jobs for free terms and conditions apply. All right. Once again, shout out to each and every person that has made the locked on NBA big word podcast, your first listen of the day. I really appreciate it. All right. This is Rafael Barlow and I'm going through a list of candidates of guys that I think as of right now have an opportunity to compete for the third spot because again, picks one and two are almost certainly locked up. I mentioned Amin Thompson. I mentioned his twin brother, Sword Thompson. I mentioned Nick Smith. The next player that I want to talk about is Cam Whitmore. Unfortunately, Cam just suffered an injury, I think a hand injury, and he's going to miss a little bit of time. Hopefully, he'll be ready for the start of the season. And Cam Whitmore is 
a guy that fits the modern day NBA. He's versatile. I think he can play three, four. He can be a small ball four. He has the athleticism to change and impact games. I mean, he plays hard. He can shoot. There are some people that aren't 100% sure about the shooting stroke or, or whether it is consistent enough. I, I think so. I'm buying into it. And he is like this powerfully built, physically mature athlete that, like I said, can play multiple positions. The concern is Villanova just doesn't have a track record for producing one-and-dones. Off the top of my head, it was Tim Thomas, the last one-and-done from Villanova. And I know it's a new coach. I know things may change a little bit. That is the concern. Um, Villanova doesn't necessarily, and this is just my opinion right here, have a reputation for letting their freshmen go. Like, basically, like, go out, do your thing, head to the NBA draft. It's more so of a very team-oriented and it's like a slower developmental process. A lot of the players from Villanova that are in the NBA weren't like these top five, top ten recruits. And they just basically took advantage of the great developmental program and just over time put themselves in position to be very productive NBA prospects or NBA players. I mean, you look at Jalen Brunson, who just got a bag this summer, and he wasn't like your one-and-done guy. You got Mikel Bridges, same thing. And like I said, Villanova just, I mean, one of the best programs. You know, this is a, a question. Do you consider Villanova a blue blood right now? I mean, I know growing up for me when the Big East was the Big East, Villanova was a team that, you know, they won a championship when I was much younger and they were always competitive. But I wonder now, do you consider Villanova a blue blood school? And also, you can, you can throw Gonzaga in there also. So, you can hit me up on Twitter or, or in the comments and let me know your thoughts about Villanova being a blue blood school. But anyway, Cam Whitmore is, like I said, I think he is a, a guy that has a really, really good shot at being a third overall pick, especially, especially, I got to make sure I say that right, especially if he shoots the ball well. If he ends up shooting 35, 36% from three and even more, averages seven, eight rebounds, 15 points or more, and just displays the defensive versatility, the energy, the rebounding, and knocking down shots, and even creating shots. Like, if he adds, like, a mid-range pull-up to his game or adds a little bit more outside of just a straight-line physical attacking drives, little shake and bake to his game, great, great opportunity to be the third pick in the 2023 NBA draft. All right, another player that I want to talk about that I think has a, a chance to be a top three pick is Derek Whitehead from Duke. And Whitehead is a guy that I, I probably have outside of my top five, outside of my personal top five. But he, you know, he could surprise me. Things could definitely change between now and, and June. Whitehead is, he's a, a a guy that when I first started watching him play, I thought like, man, he reminds me of like a 90s New York City playground shooting guard. Just aggressive, a guy that can create his own shot, can do a lot of things with the ball, and is just really, really an aggressive scorer. And then the more I started to watch him play, I realized that he can actually pass the ball. He, he's a good playmaker. He's a good passer. I mean, he has the physical tools that that you look for he has good size and frame he's fast in the open floor has a quick first step so he's able to put tremendous pressure on the defense when he wants to my my biggest knock and concern on Derek Whitehead is I think he settles for way way too many 
pull-up jumpers. I think with his physical tools, his athleticism, his speed, his first step, his strength, he should be able to put tremendous pressure on the rim. He should be a guy that lives at the free throw line, but he does like the pull-up jumper. Sometimes I feel like he's a little bit off-balance, and he can play a little bit out of control, but you got to love the physical tools. When he is in the mode of being a downhill slasher, he's tough to stop. Really, really tough to stop. He uh, is a guy that can take tough shots and make tough shots. He does have a soft touch finish float around the rim. And then he, he does have that, which, again, is something I like. And especially when you're a, a bigger guard. I think that's even more more, more impressive. And he, he's a guy that can play on and off the ball. I think if you run him in a lineup where he's your, you know, he's doing the majority of the ball handling, I think he's effective there. And he is someone that I, that can also score off the catch. He can you know, do some damage playing off the ball. So I like him a lot. I like how he moves off the ball. I think he can pass. I think that you know, with a strong year, there is a chance that he could be the third pick. Duke is going to be interesting this year. I mean, it is a, a team that has a lot of talent. I mean, you have, you know, there could be three guys selected in the first round, maybe even four guys, maybe even five, but three guys that I would say have a very, very legitimate chance of being first round picks and um he could end up being the best of the bunch and have the ball in his hands the most so i think there's a shot there there's a shot there but right now personally right now of course things can change if you go look at my podcast from a year ago i had you know different guys ranked high but things can change he there is a chance but right now i kind of have my right outside of my top five all right the next player that I want to talk about before I get into a break is Dylan Mitchell. Now, Dylan Mitchell, I don't have him as a top five pick right now. But I get why some people, and a few scouts that I've talked to are really, really high on him. I get why some people think that he could be someone that is like an outside candidate to jump into the mix as a top five pick because he's has the positional size, he's a good athlete, he's a hustle player, doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands, a lot of touches to be effective, he's an active cutter, he can score as the role man, I mean, there's a bunch of attributes that I like, as far as like being a vertical athlete, hustle player, he rebounds, he does so many things well, but for me personally, if I'm going to take somebody as the top three pick, I want to, I want them to have a little bit more offensive skill set now if you're a team or a scout or 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 general manager and you feel like he has all these great attributes now and all you have to do is add a little bit of creativity to this to his game then it makes sense for you to have him as like a top five pick or even number three but you have to really have confidence that you can add as they say a bag and a little bit more offensive creativity to his game because the biggest knock on him is the outside shot And for him, the outside shot is more so along the lines of, does he even want to shoot? Like, does he even want to shoot? Like, I, on my numbers, I think from, like, the NIBC games, he took seven three-pointers. And I forgot how many games it was. I mean, I've watched so much film on so many different guys. I'm starting to forget stuff. But I do remember he only took seven shots. And when I spoke to a scout last week in Vegas, he said from – a full calendar year, he counted Dylan Mitchell took 11 total jump shots. 11 
total jump shot. So he is a very, very reluctant shooter if, if he somehow gets a huge injection of confidence or maybe even he's been hanging with Terquavion Smith, who is like the total opposite. He is your like relentless, uber confident gunner. Maybe if they merged and Dylan Mitchell became a, a a person that attempted two three-pointers a game, maybe even shot, let's say he shot like 33% from three on, let's say, 90 attempts or anywhere between 70 to 90 attempts for the season. And he just showed flashes of being able to knock down open shots. And he did everything that he does well as far as the rebounding, the energy, the hustle, vertical lob threat. He might have a chance to crack the top five and a slim chance of being the third pick. All right, when we return, I have a few more players that I want to talk to you about, but it is bet online time. So you know about bet online. I'm sure you know about bet online. If you don't, that's because actually, you know, if you don't bet online is your number one source for football betting this season. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, News, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis for every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net and use your mobile device to learn more. That's because Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, once again, it's Rafael Barlow, director of scouting, NBA Big Board, founder, NBA Draft Junkies. Every all the teams are gonna look, you know, to get Wimbayama School Henderson. And the third pick is a bunch of guys that are competing for this opportunity because number one and number two sold up, locked up. You can put those in and magic marker because you're not going to have to erase those. So I just named a few guys. Now I'll name a few other guys that I think have a chance to compete or get into that range. Keontae George. Keontae George is a player that I'm high on. I've been following him since his freshman year in, in high school. Phenomenal score. Has one of the prettiest jump shots. And I think that he has an opportunity. If he can play well and, and fit in with Baylor's two guards. They have two of their best players returning, play the same position. So I imagine they're going to be somewhat of a smaller backcourt. Baylor does not have the most innovative offense as far as putting guys in position to put up big numbers. So because of that, it makes me wonder, is he going to have you know, a situation where he's averaging 17, 18, 19 points per game. I don't know. Baylor's going to be really good. But for Keontae, if he can show more, uh, I guess, I guess an improved ability to run a team as a point guard, if he gets the opportunity, because I think, like, he can pass. I think he can make the reads. It's just a matter of balancing out scoring and passing. But I think if he can show that he can create opportunities for others and – be an advanced passer on top of shooting 40% from three and showcasing his athleticism, which let's, let's talk about this. I had some people tell me that they didn't think Keontae George was a good athlete. And I'm like, maybe, maybe I have a little bit of an advantage because I live in Dallas and I've 
seen him play live and I've seen more than what I've seen just on film because he is one of these guys that on film when you watch him play he he his game isn't based off of totally about his athleticism he has a very good pace and control and he's just smooth like he doesn't have to like wow you with athleticism but he is an athlete there's a video of him jumping over somebody who's standing under the rim like cleared him jumped over him and dunked I've seen him make some impressive athletic plays so for those that are wondering about Keontae's athleticism and if it's functional or not, Keontae is an athlete. But in order for him to crack the top five, which I personally think he's a top five talent, but in order for him to crack the top five, I think he's going to have to show a, an improved balance between being a scorer and a playmaker. And he's going to have to show that he can defend. I spoke with somebody recently who watched a practice at Baylor. And their comment was, he is a bucket. He can score. But they said he's just too cool. Too cool. Too cool on defense. And if he can just show that he can ramp up the intensity, he has a shot. All right, the next player that I want to talk about is someone that could be a high riser. He's already been rising up different draft boards as somewhat of a late bloomer and it is nick smith's teammate in high school like arkansas quietly putting out some talent between moses moody nick smith and khalil Ware. khalil Ware. he is seven foot 220 between 220 25 pounds good athlete i've heard nothing but good things about his upside as a shooter and he could be this this guy that could be like this rare combination of your rim protector, rim runner, vertical lob threat that can also stretch the floor, knock down open shots, and possibly defend in space. And where is a guy that just has kind of come out of nowhere? He wasn't a name that I was hearing about two years ago as a, you know, crowned as one of the top five to ten players when he's eligible. He's just improving and getting better and getting better and getting better. So I'll be looking forward to watching him at Oregon and seeing what he does there and just seeing if he can make some improvements. I would say the improvements I would like to see him make are adding a little bit to his post game. And I don't know if that's necessary simply because I don't know if he's going to be the type of guy that would get post touches in the NBA. But I do think he needs to work on his left hand, add some more left hand finishes, um, Maybe some counter moves. Um, I've heard mixed things about about the hands. Some say he has good hands. Some say he doesn't have the best hand. That's going to be something that I'm really going to pay attention to because if you want to be a role man and a lobster in the NBA, you got to have great hands. If you don't have great hands, then it's going to be very tough. And if he doesn't have great hands, that's going to limit everything because I think his his bread and butter on offense is going to be as a role man, and that will kind of open everything up. But defensively, that's where he'll, he'll probably make his, his biggest mark this season. And if he can show some flashes of being like a, a, a good passer, like being able to make reads in, in from, the, from the high post or fine cutters, then I think that he is another player that has a chance. All right, the last player that I think has a chance to – fight for top three spot 
and that is Casey Wallace. Casey Wallace going to Kentucky. Another DFW guy. Now, the one concern that I did hear about recently was his wingspan was not that impressive. And for someone that has been compared to like a Drew Holiday type defender, it's uh, interesting that he doesn't have like a really long wingspan. But I don't think that should be really held against him. But in this day and age where wingspan is so important, it, it possibly could be. But if Keontae has a... No, sorry. If Kaysen has a year where he is just your best defender in the SEC and he shoots a respectable percentage from three and he shows the balance between being able to play on and off the ball and the fact that he goes to Kentucky. And I say the fact that he goes to Kentucky is because Kentucky guards have a great track record of outperforming their draft position. So, I mean, most notably, you can think of Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> Tyrese Maxey. And a redraft is top five at the very minimum in his class. And he fell down in the draft because he didn't really shoot the ball that well. There were some concerns about he had a low release on his shot. But the people that are around here in, in DFW know that Tyrese has always been a bucket. And he has such an incredible, incredible work ethic. And I think that's played a role in him kind of exceeding expectations and Kaysen has some similar characteristics he is a guy that is, is high character he's known for having a pretty good work ethic and he, he wins games that's one thing that he does he wins games I don't think in like the past calendar year I don't know if he's even lost five games in the last calendar year and that's stretching from EYBL to his to his high school season so if he can push Kentucky to the final four and he's locking down guys. He's knocking down open shots. He's making the right play. Scoring at three levels. There's a chance. There's a chance that he could end up being one of the guys that is competing for the third draft pick. Because, once again, one and two are locked up. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for making the Locked On NBA Big Boy your first listen of the day. Your first listen every day. But now for your second listen, you got to check out the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022. It is a six-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. The local team experts and the NBA insiders of the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey are all combining into one Ultimate NBA Preview. Search for the Ultimate Pro NBA Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast, I'm Rafael Barlow signing out. Hope everyone has a great Monday. I'll see you a couple more times this week. And I am, I'm out. <laughs>